Hi! Welcome to another episode of Your Wife's Crazy Ass Podcast. <laughs> I am Monique. And I am Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. Hi, Monique. Okay, so how was your week? Oh, I don't know, man. This week sucked. I think... Okay, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get too much into it, but 9-11 always triggers me. <laughs> lots, of, lots of trauma around that. It's especially worse this year because uh, two hundred thousand people have fucking died. And mm-hmm. you know, uh but other than that, <laughs> other than that, it was good. I pierced my own nose. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, the picture in the group and it looks amazing on you by the way thank you thank how do you, you do that like how do you go about piercing your own nose I can't even I can't even like push my tongue against my own toothache you know what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know I was actually really surprised that I did it I didn't think I was gonna have the balls but then I was just like Meh, do it I don't know I you know I was a piercer before so I know the right way to do it and uh-huh. then I just I just did it. <laughs> I don't know. I need a change. I'm so bored. I need a change. Right. I need a change. Well, okay. So haven't you done your own bikini wax before? <laughs> <laughs> Not I, very successfully. <laughs> it takes a lot of balls to do either of them. And I, I, th- I think I'd rather try and pierce my own nose than do my own Brazilian. Seriously. And, and the way that it went, if I had balls, they would be gone now. So. <laughs> not it was not a successful endeavor that's for sure oh, well kudos to you for thanks being such a badass <laughs> thanks <laughs> oh how was your week you had some exciting news this week right um yes I had some very exciting news well okay so initially it was extremely exciting and I'm feeling so much better mm-hmm. um that's why I went and got retested for uh coronavirus so yeah. I woke up feeling amazing. My lungs felt clear, you know, all the like amazing witch doctor stuff that my friends dropped off for me to (laughs) partake in was working. So I was Uh like, hey, let me go get retested. It's been a month. And I go with my nephew and my nephew has never shown any signs of sickness. And he's been self, what is it? Not self-isolating, self-quarantining away from um, the rest of us because he was, you know, healthy. Yeah. We go and we take the test. And then as we're walking out of the room, he goes to me, I think she switched the test up. Oh, fuck. (laughs) And I was like, why do you think she switched the test? And he goes, because she had them in her hands and she was looking at them. And then she set it down because she couldn't find her sticky notes, like her Mm -hmm. labels for the, for the tubes. She leaves the room. She comes back with a label for the tubes, picks the tubes up. And then he said, she glanced at him confused for a second. And I was like, why didn't you say something to her? <laughs> right. They should have done it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that test sucks. But still, I mean, for accuracy's purpose, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so then, um, sure enough, we get the call day before yesterday, and then I was negative, and he was positive. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll definitely, definitely have to have you do another test before we uh, do some promo pictures. <laughs> another test before promo pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Get our three month window of uh, being okay to hang out together. <laughs> <laughs> I got three months of immunity. Where's the orgies? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Do 
Jane Khaled. <laughs> no. <laughs> every every episode, uh, DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled pops in. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody say orgies. Bra, bra, bra. <laughs> okay, so why don't we start by you telling us what the topic of the week was? Oh, okay. So I love the topic of the week. It's something near and dear to me. It's yeah. something I try to live by. And the topic of, of the week was I am. So Okay, I, so real quick. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to cut you off. So last week we you talked about this and I didn't know what this was. I was a little confused on what I am was. So yeah, go ahead and explain yeah, yeah, that. Remember that. Yeah. Um, so I am is the person that you are when you strip down all the labels and all the things that are expected of you. Okay. So when you stand alone in your rawness, what are you? And this is what I am. So then you can build up the, your I am to, well, first of all, you can heal, right? So mm-hmm. if you strip everything down and you see something you don't like and you have to confront it, and heal, heal that. And then you can replace it with what something that you want to be, right? Something good. Got it. Okay. So basically taking away, who are you when you take away labels that are given to you by other people? Yeah. Labels and uh, expectations and ideas that are given to you by other people. Okay. So what would be some of those common labels? Uh, common things like, um, I mean, and, and it's, and it's not always, it's not always bad stuff. So it's like, I am a wife. And then like everything that you associate with being a wife or I'm a mom and everything you associate with being a mom, you know, the good, the bad, whatever, it still affects your I am. Um, I am, I am, you know, this type of denomination of, you know, a religion or I am this type of political person. I am, I am in this kind of club. I am, you know, this kind of gang member whatever right <laughs> would you click <laughs> yeah right so basically every title that is given to you by society that isn't like it describes you and what you do but right. not who you are but not who you are yeah got it um so by the way on the on the uh in our chat group Mm-hmm. Kudos to all the women that did do the I am project. Yes. Because yeah. those, those portraits were awesome. First of all, the pictures were amazing. Right. Everyone's so pretty. They're so pretty. <laughs> and, and yeah. then and then the list, even though even though um some of the some of the lists are still kind of like labels given us to you know, <laughs> labels given to us. It was it that's was okay. The first time. It, was it was the, the first, first time, time. Mm-hmm. and it was a beautiful start. Yeah, yeah. It was great seeing what all those women were brave enough to say about themselves. Like, I even know it was really hard for me. Like I had to message you like, what am I? (laughs) Because it gets so ingrained in you. Like, like when Mm -hmm. you meet someone like, oh, what are you? Oh, I'm a mom. Oh, I'm a wife. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. It's not. And then we make friends through that. Right. I'm a mom. So I'm going to make mom friends. Right. Like you don't introduce yourself like, hi, I'm strong. (laughs) Hi, I'm passionate or, you know, whatever. It's, It's you, you hide behind those labels. Yes. And so when you don't introduce yourself as in, hi, I'm strong. Hi, I'm passionate. Hi, I'm caring. Hi, I'm loving. Those things get pushed down and hidden. And then you never really tap into them at all. Right. Because you're not tapping into the core values of who you are and why you're so awesome. Exactly. So we had a guest blogger this week who talked about vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Yes. Jen Starks. 
her blog on vulnerability was so awesome. And it also tied into I am because uh, Jen talked about how she was what told to like what toughen up buttercup. Is that what she said? Mm -hmm. That was her quote, toughen up buttercup. So she was taught to suppress everything and label herself as tough. And then she joined the service, the Navy, and she had to be just as bad, if not better than the men there. So she had to wear that strength label in a different way, like, you know, hardcore. And all these things were given to her. And one day she broke, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was forced to suppress that like caring and kindness and, you know, empathy and Mm -hmm. all of those things because it was more important for her to be viewed as strong and tough than to be viewed as who she was. And you can have both of those things. You can be strong and tough, right? but you have to be able to um, embrace all parts of you in order for that one label to not take over. To not take over. And what, what um, what was really like what does Oprah say? My aha moment when I was reading her blog, right? Yes. My aha moment was <laughs> um, because she had all that suppressed inside of her and she was forced to suppress it. She would find it disgusting when she saw it in other people. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She started she a- to view vulnerability as a weakness and not mm-hmm. a strength. And not a strength. And then when Jen broke down and 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 spent time uh, digging inside and mm-hmm. addressing the vulnerability, the vulnerable part of her, yeah, she was able to see the world through better eyes, kind of, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I found it really interesting. Um ironic isn't it ironic uh, <laughs> oh my god now i'm gonna that, sing <laughs> uh that the person that, fast. it's like raying <laughs> on your wedding day all right go ahead beautiful um <laughs> yeah i found it i found it really interesting that the person that she went to when she had this aha moment was someone that she viewed as strong and tough as nails and just like the guys But then she was also able to comfort her and hold her and kind of help guide her through those emotions that she was Uh finally feeling. And it just proves the point that you can be both. You can um, as long as you balance those things out. Yeah. Yeah. And now uh, she is, she said that she's the friend that she, that she wants. Yeah. And it's, it's opened up a whole new world for her as far as, you know, connecting with other women. And I love that. I love that too. Kudos to you, Jen. All that inner work. Yes. is now yeah. outer. <laughs> and now you can give it to the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, share it with the tribe. <laughs> It'll be one of those episodes. <laughs> it's gonna be. Get your editing pen ready. <laughs> Oh, clickety clacking all this shit out. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on to. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about your I am's? Why don't you share your most important I am with the listeners? Um, well, my most, uh, I have a couple of them, and they, they sound really like hippie dippy doodah. Mm-hmm. I love that though. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, I said I am kind and I am brave. Mm-hmm. I'm a proud tone deaf singer, as you all know by now. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to auto-tune your, your singing. So Please do. <laughs> um, okay. So I am a deep thinker. That's one really important one for me because it took a lot of deep thought to get past a lot of bullshit that I, that I picked up 
in my journey. Yeah. I am kind. And I think that's important because me being so kind, I look for the kindness in other people. Yes, you do. Thank you. I am love. I love the hell out of myself in case you can't tell. <laughs> but you love others too. So yeah, that allows me to love others. And I can love others past their flaws. Yeah, you're very good at doing that. I'm very good at doing that. Sometimes um, that can be seen as a bad thing. <laughs> we have differing views. <laughs> I think, no, I think, that, I think it's okay to love people past their flaws. Love and acceptance and, and encouragement are different. Right, right. Because you know, at the end of the day, if you can't be with the ones you love, love Mm -hmm. the ones you're with. Just kidding. (laughs) Or find new people to love. (laughs) Or find new people to love. (laughs) I, someone put, uh, who was it? I am the light that I want. I think that was Rebecca. She put, I am the light that I want to see in the world. Oh, I love that. That was fucking awesome. And Rebecca is exactly that. She just, I mean, I was drawn to her. I I think I even joked with her one time. I was like, I think you're like a witch, right? You're like a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Because like, she just has this beautiful, easy, just loving light magic about her. You know, you just want to know what, yeah, you just want to know what she's doing. What is she about? What's going on? Yeah. And, And I love her. She's, she's a wonderful person. So that was perfect for her to put on her I am list. Yeah, I think that's a good goal for everyone to be like that, to, yeah. yeah, be the, be the person that you want the world to be filled with, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Because the inner reflects in the outer. Exactly. Be the person <laughs> that you want to be surrounded mm-hmm. by. And if you're, if you're full of hate or if you're full of anger or if you're full of judgment or, um, you know, resentment or resentment than prejudice I didn't mean to speak over that that's a huge one yeah (laughs) say that one loud and clear (laughs) prejudice (laughs) yeah if if you want the world to be a good place be a good person yeah and so the only way to really do that is to like we said do the I am exercise strip down to your rawest realest self Mm -hmm. And if you don't like that shit, fix that shit and rebuild your I. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. Like it is very hard to, to change who you are at your core, especially if you, you know, had a bad childhood or had bad experiences or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it's not impossible. It's scary and takes a lot of, you know, self-reflection and feeling bad about who you were and then forgiving yourself for being that person and then move on and grow and be better. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I think that it's a lot harder to forgive yourself than it is to forgive other people. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you've had like, um, uh, back to racism, if you had like racial views and you strip down, right. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, damn, I am a piece of shit. I have to confront and address that and forgive myself for that. Right. Versus if you were the person who received um, uh, racial BS, mm-hmm. you know, then you strip down and, and you get to say, I am all these strength, I am all the, these strong things. I'm not the weak things that they put on me. And I mm-hmm. forgive them for being so terrible. Yeah. There's a lot of forgiveness in discovering your I am and it is hard to look back and admit to yourself that you maybe weren't you know the best person and then also to uh, take blame 
away from your circumstances because it's easy to blame what happened to you or how you were taught or how you were raised or whatnot. Right. Um, it's easy to just live in that, to just live in that, um, to live in that blame. Mm -hmm. But at a point you have to understand that it's, you know, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to change. Yes. It's your responsibility to change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God, that's good. That's good stuff. What's that? That's therapy stuff right there, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I haven't. That is therapy stuff. You should, you should. It would, uh, it enlightens your mind. <laughs> oh my god! It definitely gosh. does. I yeah. have so much enlightenment that I need. <laughs> Therapeutic enlightenment. <laughs> but I think I, I, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay on my, on my journey, on my self-discovery journey. But, yeah. 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 No, you're doing, you're doing good. And I think, you know, you don't need formal therapy if you're willing to be honest with yourself. It, it, therapy doesn't fix you therapy gives you tools to learn how to fix yourself and you can maybe discover that on your own Mm -hmm. um it just is for some people an easier not an easier path because therapy is really hard but it's a quicker path I guess sometimes because if especially if you weren't taught those tools Mm -hmm. um you have someone that doesn't have any they have no you know investment in you they don't you know, they're not your friends. They're not your family. They're just a person who is there to hold a mirror up to you. So I guess let's go to therapy. <laughs> just go, go to, to therapy. therapy. Find a good therapist though. Cause there are not, there are some not great therapists and you have to find a good therapist. It's like finding a friend. You have to find someone who works with you, mm-hmm. you know, and takes you on the journey that you want to go, go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so speaking of therapy, um, the, the light therapy, what's it called? Oh, EMDR. EMDR. Okay. So mm-hmm. tell me when you're, so when they're flashing the light, uh-huh. what are you supposed to do when they're doing that? Well, flashing the light is just one type of EMDR. So it's, I think mm-hmm. it's more like the most popular type, um, but it could just be like following someone's finger or a little ball on a stick, or they mm-hmm. have hand buzzers too. Um, oh God, this could be a whole entire episode about EMDR. I'll give a quick little, little um, summary. So basically it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So the theory of EMDR is that when you look back or when you are triggered, basically, so when your mm-hmm. brain thinks that you are going to go through the same experience that you did in the past that traumatized you, mm-hmm. you like physically feel that same experience. So let's say that you were in a car crash, right? Mm-hmm. And that traumatized you. So now anytime that you feel that same sense of danger, like you did in that car crash, your body goes through the same exact feelings as it did in that car crash. So you're scared or you're thinking that you're, um, you know, bad person for not avoiding the car crash or you get sweaty or clammy hands or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you, that you happen to go through. And I've seen that, like I've been in the car and someone's like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so what EMDR does is it, I mean, there's a lot of like pre-work to doing it, but once you get into the actual EMDR, it has you, you think about that situation and then you start to feel those feelings again. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you're doing something that requires your brain to focus on something else. So you're focusing on the light, or you're focusing on the finger, or you're focusing on the buzzers in your hand. And what that does 
is it takes that tape that was stuck in your brain of, I'm going to die. I'm a bad person. I mm-hmm. don't deserve to be here. You know, whatever was, was stuck from that trauma. Mm-hmm. And it makes your brain go, oh, what's over there? <laughs> you know, what's that? Oh, like, what's that like? so it doesn't, you don't go there. Right. And so what that does though, is it breaks that cycle. So, so a successful EMDR session, you would start with reliving your trauma and you're upset and you're crying and you're all of these things. And then you're just living in that moment. You're living in that pain, but then you start to focus on, let's say the light and slowly when you're focusing on the light and the trauma at the same time, Mm -hmm. those feelings go away because the focusing on something else while you're in that trauma tricks your brain into not replaying it anymore. Oh. Does that make sense? It's so yeah, hard to yeah, explain. It does. I because um, I wanted to know because I didn't know much about it. But I I remember you telling me once that like you revisit the the scene, the trauma, mm-hmm. and you replay it in your mind. I'm <clears throat> so I'm going through this. It's not a course, but like I'm going through this like um this thing. And uh, one of the teachers is this guy named Neville Goddard, who's not around anymore. And he has something called revision. So you go back to the scene of trauma, and you replay it, right? But mm-hmm. instead, you, you, um, for, for like someone who's extremely visual, like you have, you, you can like literally picture yourself with a pencil erasing what happened and rewriting it and repicturing the same exact event, but the way you wanted it to happen. And mm-hmm. then the event no longer has the same effect on you. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different, like similar processes like EMDR, like there's, it's called tapping um, where you're just tapping. Mm, I heard of that. You. Yeah. Um, the only, the only problem with that and doing it yourself without guidance is that if you don't have something to replace that trauma, mm-hmm. it can re-traumatize you. It can make it go like it can, you know, make that so trauma like you'll go forget deeper. about it, and then it like just shows up somewhere else, or in no, a different way, or no, it's just um. So like every time you get that trauma feeling, it kind of ingrains that trauma into your brain. So you're just teaching your. I, no, I don't know how to explain this. Every time that you go through that trauma, it it deepens that trauma, right? And it makes it harder to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And so if you're just reliving the trauma without replacing it with something good or replace so okay so for instance so that's the thing like you relive it and and you replace it with something else right so for instance when I do my EMDR sessions let's say that this trauma made me feel stupid okay Mm -hmm. I first have to and this is all the under stuff that you have to do before you start EMDR you have to be able to envision like a safe place and you have to be able to take your mind into this safe place. Mm -hmm. And then when you do the session, let's say again, this makes me feel stupid. You have to then counter that with, I'm actually smart. And so you start feeling the trauma. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. And, but then as the stupid goes away, then you put in the I'm smart. smart. I am smart. I am mm-hmm. smart. Mm-hmm. And then that way, again, when you when you feel the when you see those triggers, right? So let's say, let's say that you were mugged in a dark alley. And so now every time you are walking at night and you hear a sound, it triggers that trauma. Yeah, totally. Um, and that trauma, the it's not just the action, but how it made you feel about yourself. Right. Back to the like this ties perfectly into the I am. So when you get triggered, your in your brain instantly says, let's say um you're weak. So right. every time you hear that sound in the dark or you feel a little bit of fear, 
your brain is like screaming at you, you're weak, you're weak, you're Mm -hmm. weak. And so what EMDR does is it helps to get rid of those triggers to process that trauma, kind of like a parent, like something bad happens to you when you're a kid and your parent tells you, it's okay, it's okay, it's over now, it's over now. That's what you're telling yourself. That's what you're telling your brain. And then you're also backing that up with you're strong. You're strong. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just it's okay. It's over now. It's like it's okay. It's over now. And you're strong Mm -hmm. instead of it's okay. Yeah, you're weak, but it's over now. Right. So now when you hear when you get those triggers again, instead of hearing you're weak, you hear you're strong. Like you got this. You're strong. Mm -hmm. So yeah, in a, in a nutshell, that's what EMDR is. It's, it's really confusing, but... But I think it's so cool. Oh, God. For me, it was, you know, life-changing. Yeah. yeah absolutely it's, life-changing. It's so cool. Um, but yeah, so when I read Neville's revision process, I was like, mm-hmm. this sounds exactly like what Chelsea was trying to explain to me what EMDR does. Yeah, you replace the feeling. You replace mm-hmm. the feeling that that trauma gives you or that, that inner voice or the outer voice or you know, whatever negative thing that that trauma brings to your brain, you have to replace that with a positive thing so that Mm. you can stop that, that loop that plays in your brain every time you're triggered. Cool. Yeah. 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 I'll put a post. Oh, you know, in the, in the description, I will link to a good book about EMDR. That's cool. And then can we do a link to Neville's revision too? So they can compare. Yeah. 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 We'll do both. Good shit. Good shit. Good shit. Good shit. So what was on your I am list? <laughs> okay. Well, um, and we're going to introduce uh, Chelsea's politics corner. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's not so much politics. Uh, I don't know. Um, so my, I did, I did, you know, several I am's. And then uh, when I reread it, I realized that I cannot be any of those I am's unless I am a feminist first. That is my base, like guiding principle in life mm-hmm. is being a feminist. And I know that that sounds maybe scary to some people because they don't understand what feminism is or what it's Ex- about. Explain it to us. What is the core of feminism? <laughs> okay. So I'll start by saying I'm not, I'm not an expert in this, in this area. So, and feminism as a whole it's kind of like a catch-all phrase where there's different factions and different um, belief systems and different ideas of what that means to that particular person or group. We talked about this. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. feminism to me is sisterhood. Right. And it can be to an extent. I mean, I guess it can be for you. It means that you're just like girl power. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, I mean, yes, obviously. Well, obviously, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's more like it's more like support other women no matter what. Uh huh. And so for me, it's not it's not about women. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, anybody can be a feminist. Men can be right, feminists right. as well. And what it is is it's more of an ideology about equality, and it kind of I can't be a seeker of justice if I'm not a feminist. I can't, I can't say that I want justice for people and then say that women don't deserve the same as men do. I can't be a truth teller and not be a feminist because part of my truth is that women don't hold any power. And so I can't stand by when someone says something that goes against 
me and who I am as a woman, or I can't, I can't accept that people vote or, you know, spread (laughs) ideas that are anti-woman, even though, even if they don't think that it is like, quote, anti-woman, it, Mm -hmm. it still isn't in the best interest of all women. Um, First of all, like, so feminist, being a feminist is not being like a man hater or just burning bras, even though fuck bras. Um, <laughs> I'm not wearing one right now. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> it's, um, things are getting real tricky on the stool. <laughs> <laughs> just throw them over your shoulder. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and it's not, and, and it's also not about being like men and women are exactly the same. We are biologically the same because that is just not true. That is right. not true. Men and women are different, but it's, it's again, it's saying fuck that fake power and that, mm-hmm. you know, women deserve the same opportunities as men. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, in our country, the default is white men, right? They hold the power. They make the choices. That's not to say that there's not powerful women because there are, but as a whole, the default of power goes to men. And what feminism to me is about is saying, I'm, I don't want to fight for scraps of power. I don't want to fight for fake power. Um, being taught that it's somehow normal for women to tear each other down for that fake power is, mm-hmm. is just like the, like the patriarchy, right? It's, it's the people in power telling us, oh no, fight amongst yourselves right. for what we allow you to have. And you said something to me <laughs> the other day yes. um, and you said, you got to be a feminist first and support your sister, even when she doesn't support you, let alone herself. Yeah. And that to me is not feminism. That's sisterhood. I think it, it to- what did I call it? Toxic sisterhood. <laughs> to- toxic sisterhood. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's not to say that like, um, you know, hate other women or, and it's absolutely not to say that if you are not this type of woman, or if you think that, you know, staying at home is bad, it's not to say that you hate other women for their life choices. It's to say that women get to make those life choices. Right. And if you are someone, whether you are a man or a woman, who actively fights against that through, again, sharing belief systems or voting, if you're doing that to work against women having power and women having choices, then you are are toxic. (laughs) And I don't have to 100% toxic. Yeah. 100% toxic. It's the, it's the paradox of tolerance, right? If, if I'm going to, I'm actually going to read this because I wrote it down. Um, If a society is tolerant without limit, its ability to be tolerant will eventually be seized or destroyed by those who are intolerant. And what that means is that if, as a tolerant person, I'm a tolerant person. But if I say it's okay to be intolerant, then eventually everyone's intolerant. Mm-hmm. You cannot say it's okay to be a racist or a sexist or a misogynist or, you know, a, a homophobe. You you can't be like, oh, well, that's just their thoughts. That's just what they believe. And I can't say anything about that or I can't judge them on that. Yes, I can. I don't have to be tolerant of toxic views and toxic thoughts. So if someone came to you 
and dismay over something, how do you help them? How do you help them if you don't see their political views? Well, it's not just political views. Well, not either. just political. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. but but if I'm mean, their beliefs, all the shit that their they beliefs. need to. Right. All the shit they need to get rid of in their IM mm-hmm, collection. Mm-hmm. But how do you help someone if you are looking at them as just a human in need? Well, I think that you can separate that to an extent. Like if someone was, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know the answer to that because I view this, especially right now, as life or death. I view this as very dangerous to continue spreading hate and spreading fear and spreading all of these belief systems that help no one but those in power and true power. power. Yep. And so it would be the same as if someone were to mug me (laughs) and then they trip and fall and break their leg. Am I required to stop and help them? Does it make me a bad, but does it make me a bad person for not stopping and helping them? Well, I mean, if you don't know that that's the mugger, (laughs) you know what I mean? Well, yeah. And like we said, so there are certain uh, cues, social cues that you can pick up on that I don't at all. Right. Right. Yeah. And there's, but there's social cues that you pick up on that I don't, that I don't, I mean, based on our, (laughs) on our life and our upbringing and our, and our background, Right. I think we have had this conversation a lot about the difference between people who, and and it's not just racism, it kind of, it goes with everything. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, there are the people with the white hoods and they are racist, you know, they know that they are racist. We know that they are racist, but there are so many people, so many more people in the middle who aren't actively not racist or not actively not misogynist or actively not homophobic um Mm -hmm. you know all of these marginalized communities you have to um especially someone you know coming from where i am where i didn't really i mean feminist stuff i did but um i didn't really understand that or see that growing up you know i Mm -hmm. was kind of shielded from that so if you aren't actively working against it does that make you just as bad as those who yeah, are? Yeah, because your silence is complacent, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think and, it, and it's like, easy for you to say, I'm not, I'm not that way. I'm not that type of person because I'm in the suburbs in a house mm-hmm. versus I'm in a trailer park <laughs> washing my white sheet, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah. And I think people it's not, it's not so much, it's not even like a conscious thing that people are like, eh, I just don't care. It's that they just don't understand. They don't know, you know, cause even, even you when talking about feminism, you're like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I, you know, explain this to me. And that's the same thing that we could say with anything and know, knowing why it's not okay to say, you know, <laughs> all lives matter. It's not, it's not okay. It's fucking racist. And if you don't understand that, you're part of the problem. If you, if you don't educate yourself and learn why those things are hurtful or why those things can come off as prejudice or, you know, you're part of the problem. And, and what's hard is that so many people don't understand that. They don't see it. They don't understand it. And so right. I don't know. I don't know the answer to do you help those people? Do you 
still stand by and love those people or does that love and and help and stand by those people is that enabling is that <laughs> you know allowing well, I mean, if they come to a group of minorities for love and support or receive love and support then they need to change their heart but that's the problem though is that so many people don't like i've heard this from a lot of people that i've talked to about this and they don't see themselves like that they don't understand how saying i i'm a woman i love women oh but i don't know women shouldn't be able to do this or women shouldn't be able to choose what to do with their own bodies or you know all of these things that are very anti-woman and how do you how do you show people that it is anti-women or or it it is racist or whatever. I think that's the conundrum for me at least and other people is for those people who don't real like fuck fuck the clan members, fuck the outright racists right, right, right. or whatever. Someone else can save them. <laughs> but for the people that are ignorant to it, I don't know what the answer is. I my answer is to distance myself. I'll try to talk to people. But it condones, it condones that, that viewpoint to treat them as if they were on my side. Right, right. But then I can't take that same, that same, because if I distance myself from everyone who is like that, who would be left? But I don't, I don't agree with you on that at all. I know. Um, I think for every person that you stand by and allow to continue to have those ideals or those ideas or beliefs, I don't allow, I don't allow them to have it. I'm I don't support that ideas. But like but to condone it by still being friendly or not friendly, but to condone it by still pretending like they don't have those ideas alienates people. We've talked about this before where like people that I know that are okay hanging out with people who are outright racist. Right. I'm not judging the racist. I'm judging the person who's saying that that's okay. So if you are to all the people who say, I only, I have two good black friends. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, and and then, so then, so then I would then ask, okay, so if your two good black friends were the ones who were shot at or received um, a racial treatment at the store, I could go on the list of all the things that happened to Mm -hmm. me. and, and it's just like, that's just another Tuesday in my world. You know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody drove past my, this week, somebody drove past my house and screamed some stupid shit just because they know a black family lives here. And it's like, that was Wednesday. What's next? You know? Right. So, so a few of the people who have those views reached out and like, that's wrong. And that's this. And that's that. So it's like, maybe they have to see the person, a person that they claim to love, go through the stuff that they support in order to change their hearts. Um, I think it's like a natural human thing to not feel affected by something until it directly affects you or someone Mm -hmm. close to you. I think that that's pretty normal. But at the same time, going back to our I am's, I think also a lot of people believe these beliefs because that was just told to them. Mm -hmm. and like I'm not trying to be rude but it's like intellectual laziness Mm -hmm. to just say oh you know this type of person is lazy or oh women you know who do this are murderers or you know whatever they're just regurgitating shit they heard 
Right. And instead they're of not, saying, they're not processing the thought, they're not putting themselves in others. They're, there's no mm-hmm. empathy behind those statements. They're just regurgitating shit mm-hmm. that was passed down. Yeah. Be, because it's easy, because it's easy to just say it and then move on right. instead of thinking, why? Why do I think this way? Why? Mm-hmm. Who taught me this? And not even just who, as in like a person, but what, what? you know, mm-hmm. so social construct taught me this. And like, real like, fast, depending on what you just said, literally, um, my daughter and I talked about this before. It's like, we know how racist things are at the high school. My kids are in high school now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why the fuck would they say that? Why would they say, you saw the video going around and the <laughs> Cover your ears, earmuffs, if you're not, if you don't want to hear it, but I'm going to say it like, why, why are all these like white kids on camera saying nigger this and nigger that and nigger, nigger, nigger this and I hate black people and blah, 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 blah. And there's literally no um, reason or evidence for them to feel that way towards any of the black people, especially in the Temecula Marietta community. Right. It's not like they're growing up in the hood where they're not. Yeah. They weren't getting jumped. They weren't, you know what I mean? Like. Right. There's nothing to support that view. Because because slavery was not that long ago. The Civil Rights Act was in my father's and my mother's lifetime. And so, right. And so it gets regurgitated from their parents because it got regurgitated from their grandparents because it got regurgitated from their great grandparents. Mm -hmm. And it takes someone to stop the cycle of abuse, just like physical abuse within families. You have to stop process why you think this way why you act this way Mm -hmm. and then make a a choice to change a choice Mm -hmm. to be you know intellectually curious why do I feel this way and Mm -hmm. introspective in yourself why do I feel this way and just with feminism racism is I'm gonna bring it back again it is to control the power it is to control the power and if you don't see that I don't know I, I I just I it it makes I know it makes you feel attacked it makes me feel attacked mm-hmm. to be told you're just a woman so you can't make these decisions or women don't don't have these opportunities because you're not strong or smart or whatever mm-hmm. and people who don't and it, it's it's not the people who are trying to keep their power but it's the people who are accepting they're accepting that they have to fight over little scraps of power and Mm -hmm. they have to keep believing in, in these things. And this was Chelsea's political (laughs) (laughs) Got real, got real deep on this episode. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's a deep episode, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. Because we're talking about self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. listen, if you go deep and you don't like what you see, fucking change it, period. Change Change it. it. And ask why. Why are you like this? Why do you have these ideas? Why do you have these feelings? Why? Why? And that makes it a lot easier to, to deal with and to accept like, oh, I'm not this way because I'm a bad person or I'm not this way because I'm full of hate. I was taught this. this. I was taught this. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was indoctrinated. In uh, yeah. 10 points for that motherfucking avid word right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On your word, word of the day uh, word calendar. Word of the day. <laughs> Kiwi's Playhouse. <laughs> <laughs> 
keep that in the podcast. I'm gonna, I will. I will keep it in the podcast. Okay, so I think we have a few more minutes. What, what else would you like to talk about now that we've uh, closed the door on Chelsea's Politics Corner? Chelsea's Politics Corner. I would like to talk about next week's topic because it's going to be a lot lighter. Yes. <laughs> a oh. lot lighter and a lot fun. Well, well, actually, so real fast before we jump into next week, I would absolutely love it if in the chat group, especially with the I Am portraits that are up, if you see one of those women up there and you connect with them or somebody's commenting and you love what they're saying, I would just love it if these women knew that that it's okay to like branch off and make friendships. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I think friendship. that's the ultimate goal, right? Is uh-huh. For this is to like bring people together to create a, a tribe of strong women who are mask off. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. Um, and I'm hold on. <laughs> I'm going to pause that. This is who I am at my best. Self. Yes. So we're not, best we're self. not saying, you Take know, me or leave me. Fuck you. We're saying, right. We're saying I'm, I'm doing the work. Mm-hmm. This is who yes. I am at my best self. And I present my best self to you. Right. And then making friendships in that, in that bestness is, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be the best friendships. <laughs> yeah, so excited. Yeah, it's very exciting. I'm glad I'm I'm happy to be a part of this. It's nice to it's nice to talk about this because I don't think people really talk about this as openly and honestly and as raw as as we should. Mm-hmm. This is how change happens because people are willing to lay it all out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then within those friendships they make, I hope that they uh, go on girl trip. Is that a lead in? <laughs> Is that a good segue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's a perfect segue to next week's topic. We've gotten pretty deep the last few episodes. So we're going to lighten things up a little bit. And we want to talk about girl trips. Yay! Uh, <laughs> I guess I wouldn't know. No. Right? You've never been on a girl trip, which is insane to me insane it is is. it's really insane it's insane um the closest i came to girl trip is we did glamping like six months ago (laughs) i was dang that was a long time ago it was a long time ago but yeah so next week we want to hear from all of you so we're not going to have a guest blogger instead we want to hear about funny outrageous heartwarming all of your girl trip experiences and tell me all about it i want i want to live vicariously Mm -hmm. through them yes we'll we'll live vicariously through people's stories since there's no girl trips right now no girl trips and yeah if you if you want it to be anonymous you can send it to me or monique and we will post it without any identifying uh details yes and then we'll post some of them on the blog Mm -hmm. and then we'll talk about them on the podcast It'll be fun. You yeah. know, Chelsea wants all the fun, funny ones. Send me all mm-hmm. the nitty gritty. I want the nitty. <laughs> I want the nitty gritty. You, you want to hear about all the bad stuff. I want to hear about all the bad stuff. <laughs> the breakups, the fist fights, the, the all nights. <laughs> and where's it? And and let's can we start a list on the chat on like best places to go on our girls' trip? Yeah, yeah. Once all this is over, I would love a girls trip. Yeah. Massive girls trip. We have uh, one of the things going is like, what would you do if we got to do um, like a retreat? A retreat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Like we'll manifest it. Let's manifest. Help us manifest our uh, women's retreat after 
after quarantine. Is yes, over. yes. It, please help us do that because fine. first of all, Chelsea's not a person to use the word manifest. And <laughs> I'm desperate. And she, she did it. So she's <laughs> desperate than a motherfucker. Let's get the manifesting on. <laughs> Yes, manifest it, help us manifest it, and then maybe it will come true one day. <laughs> oh, it will. I'm so excited. Yeah. I can't wait. We'll give I Monique the time of her life. <laughs> yes. The, my first girl trip will be an epic one. Yes. Um, I think that that, um, let's, oh, uh, if you're not part of the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, link in the description below. And, um, yeah, catch up on all the pods and the, and the blogs and all the stuff. The pods our, and the blogs. Yeah. On our website, uh, your crazy, um, ass, wait, <laughs> your wife's crazy ass. Your wife's crazy ass.com. Wait. Okay. I know we're, we're closing, but I just had to say, so my mom was like, can't you change the name? I can't share anything on my page. <laughs> you need to do your IM work, mom. Oh, why? Why? She, oh, she doesn't, she can't share any, any of my, my blogs and my, okay. She can't share any of apps? the amazing information. Yes. That we are putting out <laughs> through the airways and on the computer and all these amazing like platforms we're giving other women to share their shit. She can't share it because of her religious views. Mm. She needs to do some I am work. Jesus would say us. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be referring to a donkey, but cut that <laughs> I'm leaving it in <laughs> well I mean your wife's crazy donk she got a donk but yeah so so mom share it fuck share them it, share me <laughs> yeah exactly exactly they won't even notice yeah maybe they will Whatever. well I mean most of her friends are my friends so I don't they see it anyway yeah Sure. Just post it on her wall. I'll just wall. tag her. Yeah. yeah. I'll just tag her and post it on her wall. You did this to yourself, Coco. <laughs> Sorry, Coco. Sorry, Coco. It's Chelsea's fault. It's going down. Hey, I didn't choose the name. I didn't choose the name. <laughs> all right. I think uh, we've pissed off everybody. So, yeah, I, I think so. That's all right. Because you That's know fine. what? You got to shift through the shit to get to the good. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm tired. I gotta go take a nap. Alrighty. Well, that has been your wife's crazy ass podcast. I'm Chelsea. I'm Monique. And join us on our Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. And every Monday on the next episode. <laughs> yes. Right, right, right. Right. Every Monday on the next episode. And stay crazy. Bye.